0: Happy to, I'm happy to talk about this class. Just like every coach in America right now, um, going in there for all you draft gurus or you, uh, you know, recruiting gurus that really follow the count. Okay, we're sitting on a number um, from the previous year and this year, uh, a maximum of 26 players we could have brought in. That includes transfers. Anyone you put on scholarship, you know, you have a transfer, they're a counter. Okay, Uh, you have a mid-year, that's a counter. Okay, anyone that you put on scholarship, that's a counter. And just a little (laughs) FYI, you know, when you you put a a walk-on on scholarship, okay, if they've been, if they're in their junior year and they've been in residence for at least one year, you don't have to count them. So I will I will have a few spots when we go to training camp. We'll be a few spots under eighty five, which will allow me to go ahead and you know scholarship a couple of uh, couple walk ons because they won't count. They'll count in your eighty five, but they don't count as initials, which is what we're dealing with right now. So as I talk about this class, I'll talk about the twenty five guys um, because I'll include T J Melware and. Um, in this class because this one of those 26 spots goes to TJ that means we're sitting with one you know you know one uh, scholarship that we could do something with and uh, at the end we had several candidates for that one scholarship but I didn't feel that the several candidates we had were the right guy to fill um, whatever holes they think they're the biggest um, the biggest matters of concern. I think that when you have that, you know, you have to take the best player available but not be in a rush because you don't know what's going to become available to you down the road, you know, come they. Um, especially whether it be a junior college kid, high school kid, or a, a, somebody who graduates from college that becomes available. Um, obviously we hit Texas real hard. Last year, I had also told you that, you know, after we had taken this heavy load of junior college guys, that that was, uh, you know, there's always cause and effect in recruiting. And the, the, the number of JUCO guys we took last year was a direct relationship to the number of guys that I released the first year that I got here. And, uh, remember, I threw off 29 guys that were on scholarship, and I took it a roster that was fairly depleted and depleted it even more. So once we got through year the year one, which was a scramble, year two was to try to fill as many holes as we possibly could with guys that were more game ready. Therefore the heavy influx of ducos in last year's class. Um, this year we got back to the more normal pattern that you'd like to see as as you go forward. Okay, bring yourself in a handful of JUCOs. In this case, it ended up being eight, okay, that you think they could provide some immediate help. If you have a couple of transfer guys uh, transfer guys that you could add in, uh, like Kent Taylor, a frontline guy that everyone in the country wanted a few years ago when I was recruiting him down at Florida, I think that if you add a few guys like that, you always take them, even if you have to wait a year for them to play. And then the rest of the time, you'd like to bring in the best high school players you can and develop them because that's the way you build a program for the long haul, not for the short term. And I think that as we set up a three-year program to, you know, when we got going in recruiting, I think that we've finally gotten into the foundation of how we'd like to move forward uh, numerically as we go forward in recruiting. Um, on that note, I'm going to talk a little bit about each one of these guys. In addition, I'm not looking behind me, but we have a little highlight video on each one of these guys. You know, I know the highlight videos are all about uh, a minute in length, so let me spend a little bit of time talking about them, and we'll show you a little bit of the highlights on them at the same time, and then after I've finished uh, going over all, you know, all these guys, I'll open up for some Q&A um, as it relates to this class. I will tell you, Katie and I have worked on several things. Like, I have the spring schedule, she already has. I mean, there's other things that we have done, but today, let's kind of zero in. Let's talk about signing day. You know, we'll have enough time to release these other things as we go forward. We've already, you know, we already have it laid out. So it isn't like we don't know, you know what, we got, what we got planned. Now, the spring, spring game is April 12th at 1 o'clock. I mean, so we got that, all those things done. And any other information I need to get you, uh, I'll make sure I get you. But uh, I think today, let's just put all our emphasis on this class. All right, I'll do these alphabetically. Let's start with Corey Avery. You know, Corey was, you know, a late commit. You know, we worked really hard on Corey for a long time. You know, uh, Reggie was the point person, and, you know, I think that. I think their whole staff really, really did a nice job. You know, Reggie obviously, his name got involved in a lot of these guys uh, this year all over the place. But um, Corey was an interesting, interesting get. You know, he can do he can do a lot of different things. You know, he could play running back, he could play wide receiver, he could play safety. They had a wildcat version where they they used. You know I don't know they had some name Corey Cat or Avery Cat or Superman Cat or something like that but um, I I really look at him a lot like Tony Pearson a, very, a lot of similarities to, to Tony as a matter of fact he wanted Tony's number which I refused to give him um, I think I told him a year from now when Tony's no longer here maybe I can give you that number but right now I think Tony's got dips on that one um, a lot of big schools were on him, you know, right there in the heart of Texas and Dallas and at Carter, which has cranked out a bunch of players, and we're really happy that he jumped on board uh, nice and late. I think um, player number two, as we go to Matt Boateng, you know, here's a kid who's from Toronto. No, uh, Wiggins did not recruit him, um, but he's down at IMG Academy with um, – that I think is going to be a nice place for us to get involved in. You know, we don't hit Florida really hard, but IMG is a kind of unique, uh, kind of unique uh, uh, place down there with Chris Ranky uh, as the, as the head coach, who I have a lot of respect for. You know, Matt was one of those guys who had some size and speed to to, to play corner, um, uh, play corner, at a. Uh, you know, not being one of those five nine guys that you look at a lot of times. He was a lot closer to six feet and, you know, he ran around well and broke on the ball and had had really good ball skills. And I think that, you know, he's you know, he's his best football's way ahead of him yet because he got a little late start you know, late start into this American football game to tell you the truth. You know, he left Toronto to go down uh, to go down there to Know, get a little bit more work in our game, and I think that, I think he has a very high high ceiling, and be able to help us. Uh, Jacob Bragg, I thought that was a steal. I'll give, um, you know, there's several guys that got involved in him, but, you know, in addition to, to Rob and John and those guys, I'll throw, in both Jacob's case and Appa's case, I think that Tim deserves a mention because he had very good relationships with both these guys <clears throat> and after Tim left he made sure that he passed on to Jacob and to Appa that he thought that that you know he's not here anymore but this is a place that they really should be going so a little shout out for Tim um, but Jacob was a you know nagadocious you know you have to go work to find it now you know that's that's some serious work but um, we were there several times with multiple members of our staff. And you know, he's a, a big, physical, interior offensive lineman, tough guy, You know, very quiet off the field, very nasty on the field. He um, reminds me a little bit in personality to Nalu, to tell you the truth. Because Nalu doesn't say a whole heck of a lot you know, when he's off the field, but when he's on the field, he's a very nasty player. <coughs> Um, he's also at a position of need at center. You know, he is a true center, and you don't find those too many times in, in high school football, a big physical physical guy. Uh, once, it, once again, another great kid out of, out of Texas. Uh, Darius Crawley is another guy who, you know, he worked hard. You know, really came down to us in Michigan State. There were other schools involved, but they really were, were <coughs> finalists here, and we worked hard at this one. You know, Houston's another area which you know, I think that we hit pretty pretty well and you know it paid some it paid some dividends. You know, I think this was a guy that uh, might be a little bit underrated in, by some people because I think that he's got great great ball skills. Okay, very very good polished receiver. I mean, obviously he can play in the slot, but he's not, He'll have no problem playing outside. Uh, he's a guy that was highly thought of, and I really think he'd have a chance to come in here and com- compete, you know, at an early age. You know, Ronnie Davis. You know, towards the end of, of right before Christmas, you know, we had talked about you know getting some help, and if we get some help at midyear, especially at a certain spot, a couple spots um, via the JUCO route, we would take him. You know, Ronnie was a guy who could play corner or safety you know he's out of you know he's he's from you know um, from Oklahoma City and i think that you know the the fact that we could you know get him in here at at midyear and get him lined up there and get him you know taught our system here d- during the spring ball was a big plus i mean he's fit in nicely with the fellows here you know, you heard you nothing but good things out of both the strength coach and and academic support obviously i haven't been around these guys too much but we were happy to Ronnie, for Ronnie, and he does have versatility in the fact that he could play corner or safety. You know, Joe Danine. I'm really big on trying to find local guys uh, that are good enough. Joe Danine was one of the guys we pinpointed early. To be honest with you, it was at a Lawrence Free State game, sitting freezing my butt off. You know, in in the end zone on a on a launch chair. But uh, it's always good if you can go to a free state Lawrence, Lawrence High game and come up with a player, you know, having local, local flavor, I think, is huge. But I sat there and watched the game, and he was clearly the best player on the field. He was good when he was on offense. He was good when he was on defense. It didn't make a difference. He was a, he was a really, really solid player. You know, I, he, he looks and acts like a kid who I had at Notre Dame by the name of Harrison Smith. If you go look up his bio, it'll look like his younger brother. I mean, he looks just like him, plays just like him, acts like 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 him, talks like him. Somewhere there's some kind of something wrong there in that lineage. Um, but we're really happy to have a, a kid from Lawrence, you know, homegrown talent that that we think we think could be a heck of a player. Uh, Josh Homby, you know, from. Down, down at Dion's place, uh, primetime prep, um, Josh is an is a outstanding athlete. He's six he's three. he's every bit of it. You know, 230, 240, he'd probably be 250, 260. I don't know if he's going to be a middle linebacker or if his hand's going to be on the ground. I know he could do both of those things. I know he could play inside linebacker, and I know he could put his hand on the ground. Um, and I think that his versatility, once again, uh, he's, a, he's a pass-rushing dude. I mean, if you're, whether you're blitzing him as a linebacker or putting him on the edge and letting him go, one of the biggest things we are looking for in this, in this defensive class was athleticism. We wanted speed. You know, Big 12, we keep on talking about playing the game in space, playing the game in space. Well, the easiest way to negate that is get guys who can play in space. And there's just another guy that we're really, really happy to get on. You know, Kapil, Kapil Fletcher, um, here's, a, here's, a, here's a Juco guy that, uh, that we think will have a chance to get in, into the too deep, walking in the door. Um, and this is another guy who plays on the edge. You know, I think that Hartnell is pretty is pretty happy with us, and we're pretty happy with Hartnell. You know that you we know, we go to out to Hartnell and we come out with fish and and uh, and Fletcher and and Mann all out of the same school in one year. I mean that's a heck of a deal. But getting back to to Fletcher, you know, I think that it was really important for us to get another <clears throat> defensive end that could play right now. You know, you like to say all these high school guys will be ready to go and. They might be 1st teamers in playing, but you know there's a there. The one thing you have to do, what you have to cover yourself with, are guys that you think they can play right now. And Fletcher is certainly one of them. Um, Bobby Hartsog was another guy who we were on him early. He was, a, you know, another Houston kid. As a matter of fact, originally he was going to go to Houston. You know, <clears throat> we really liked him. He was one of the best players in in the city of Houston. He was up for the award for the best <clears throat> player in the city of Houston just every game he goes out there he puts up you know you know he produces every every time he steps on the field you don't have to worry about whether or not there's production coming from him because every time he, every time he goes out there you know there's going to be production you know, he was a guy who jumped jumped in a boat early and st- stayed true to form you know how it is well maybe you don't know how it is but when you know when a guy commits relatively early and then you don't win a whole bunch of games. Everyone's obviously using that against you, okay? in, in recruiting, and he never wavered one bit. He was on board the whole way. Um, I think that these three young receivers that we're bringing in, and who knows with Avery, you know you got components for a fourth, okay? are, are great guys for us to to set set the t- set the table with going going forward. Uh, Keon Houghton is a name that you'll all be talking about by fall of next year. I'll just write it down, just mark it down. You'll all be talking about him. He'll be playing somewhere. Don't know where yet. I don't know if he'll be a guard. I don't know if he'll be at center, but he'll be playing somewhere. He's a bad muchacho. Okay? He's a big physical guy. Um, you know how you know I always say if there's certain guys you want to go get in a street fight, you want him on your side. He's one of the guys I'm picking on my side. I, I want him going in with me. Um, loved him down at GMI. You know, obviously we're coming out with two, but we having him come at mid year is a big plus for us. We got him in here now, he's involved in he's winning winning on most of the most of the sprints with the with the with the linemen. You know, that was one of my concerns. What kind of shape he's in? I should have used a little bit more thought and figured he's coming from a military school. He's probably going to be in pretty good shape. But uh, I really like this kid, and he's a—he's not tall. He's probably six-two, three ten. Okay, but he is a big, big physical. He is a big physical man. Okay, let's see. That puts me on Latrion Jones speaking about a big physical man. I think there's a lot of people in Texas that are going to be sorry on this one. I mean, this kid came in, and everyone told me he was about 260, and he looked about 290, and he stepped on the scale at 293. I said, 260? He's been, been doing <clears throat> a lot of eating if he's 260. And he was a, he was a big physical interior defensive lineman. And you think of the composition of our team right now, of who we have on our team right now. Okay, what we don't have, we have older, big, physical interior linemen, and really nothing behind them. So this is a this is a perfect guy to bring in to be your developmental replacement for the interior guy. He doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be Keyon. He doesn't have to be Ty McKinney. You know, he doesn't have to be those guys. You know, he could be that guy. To take over for those guys, and I think you know at two hundred and ninety three pounds, he'll probably put on another ten pounds when he gets in here. He'll be a three hundred pounder, you know. And he's got good agility. He can move. He's a guy that we are much higher on than a lot of other people. Now let's go to the other end of this. Uh, well, no, let's we'll save on that one. Let's talk about DeAndre. You know, I I really didn't intend to take a junior college running back really didn't intend to take one. And then Ron Pauls came back and said, you know, coach, I think you need to take a look at this guy. And so I put on the tape, and I watched him, and I watched him, and I watched him, and I kept on looking to shoot holes in him. And there weren't any holes to shoot. I mean, he could run inside. He could run outside. I mean, he's your typical running back, but because he's short, they say he's small. Okay, but he's not small. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's a good 200 pounds. Okay, he's a stocky, stocky kid with a lot of confidence. Okay, went to Killian High School down there in Miami before he went out to Hartnell. Okay, uh, I've, you know, he's not coming in here to sit behind all those other guys. Okay, he's one of those guys where, you know, when you have running, the running back position where you've got some depth and sometimes you worry about guys coming in. You know, he's coming in here to try to try to beat everybody out. And that's what I really liked about this kid, okay, when uh, when we were getting involved with him, other than the fact that watching how he played. People talk about not having a quarterback. Well, we, we did. TJ was our quarterback in, in this class. I mean, we had a sit, sit last year, and we knew that coming in, but now we're sitting in a three-for-three three position with TJ. You know, T.J. was one of the higher higher rated guys that's come out uh, come out of Texas. Okay, Um, fortunately for us, he has Kansas roots, and that was one of the reasons why. When you know when he was gonna leave UCLA, he decided he was deciding between coming to Kansas and going back to Texas, and um, he ended up with his Kansas roots being back here. They drove through here, him and his mom and that went really well and I told him I didn't you know I, I, I wasn't going to bring in another scholarship player at that position after the two that we had brought in uh, but I said that you know you get through you get through a semester we'll see how it goes and we'll we'll end up you know, you'll end up being on scholarship and you know that's exactly what happened before he left to to go home for Christmas we're really happy with him he will be in the mix here in the spring so before you guys anoint, you know, the, who who's involved in the quarterback race, uh, throw throw them in the race. All right, Damani Mosby, um, it's been well documented that, you know, we we've been lacking those speed edge pressure guys. Well, Damani Mosby's a speed edge pressure guy. You know, when you know we talked about Ahambe before who's played linebacker and and but when you talk about a Mosby, uh, when we talk about Mosby, and I'll get to Lobia here in a couple minutes. Now we're talking about some guys that everyone else is playing with. And that's what they're playing with. They're playing with these, these guys that are 230, 240. They put their hand on the ground and run by everybody. And that's what Mosby is. He's one of those guys who just plays on the edge. You know, when we talk, I talked to him yesterday. I said, okay, I got one. I got my pass rusher. You know, he, you know, he's really forward, looking forward to getting here and see if he can't bring some edge pressure because ideally we'd like to get back to playing defense where you don't have to blitz on every down to have a chance of getting to the quarterback. And I think that now we're starting to bring in some football players that kind of fill that, fill that need for us. Um, he's a very, very athletic, um, uh, athletic player out there out of Mesa, out in Arizona. Derek Neal, he might be the smallest, smallest guy coming in, but I promise you, he'll be the most infectious interview for all you guys. You know, he reminds me of Dave Meggett. He reminds me of Dexter McCluster. He reminds me of one of the, those guys that everyone says are too small and have a chip on their shoulder. I mean, this guy could play corner. This guy, this guy could play, could, could play running back. This guy can play slot back. This guy thinks he could start at point guard for our basketball team. You know, you know, I mean, he he's going to be infectious and I think that I'm I'd be very surprised if he wasn't a dynamic returner walking in the door. You know, I think that he's got great quick he's quicker than fast. His speed's still in the 4.4s, four but I'd say he's quicker than fast. He's a little he's a little, you know, there's everything when he's, I sat in my office, I said, "You know everyone's telling you you're too small. I go, I want you on my team." and, and it didn't take long for her, you know he and his family to jump on board and we're really happy. And there's another guy that you know after he said yes, all those teams that are in this conference of ours, about half of them came after him you know after he said yes because they, everyone was afraid to pull the trigger because he, because he weighs 155 pounds. Okay, let's uh, let's move on. Um, let's move we'll move on from Derek to Alobia. Now, uh, interesting with Alobia, he's he's a bigger Mosby. You know, he's six five. He's probably already you know I don't know at least at least two fifty. You know, they, they, have, um, they have him they have down two forty one. He's bigger than that. Um, he's another guy with great edge pressure great first step you know he's one of those guys that you know even a bigger version of guys that are coming off the edge you know, i think that we had to work really hard on him you know there were he had some big you know big time schools involved with him including one of the two national championship teams that was i think that even yesterday was still trying to get a piece of him um but uh he stayed he stayed true uh um, and we really hit it off with him, you know. We hit it off with his parents, you know. Um, we're really happy to have this guy, and we think that this, this is the type of guy that, you know, coming in the door. There'll be expectations walking in the door, of him being able to help us, and that's what we're, that's what we're counting on. Uh, Tyler Patrick, is this one? You guys are all gonna have some fun with this one too. Okay, Tyler Patrick came to our camp last year. You know, and ran the fastest time that's been run on our uh, on our turf, which is a notoriously slow turf. And somebody said, "Hey, coach, you got to take a look at this kid." And I'm looking around. I'm looking around, and I see some kid with with hair that's squiggling out all over the place right there. I said, "That kid." And and they said, "Yeah, that kid." So I watched, and he just running by everybody on every single thing he did. Not only was it the fastest no one could cover him, he just ran by every every corner. Tried to cover him, he just ran right by. Him. So I called the kid over, and this was the best answer I've got in recruiting this year. I said, "Hey, Tyler, let me ask you a question." I said, "We got you timed at 4-4 four, four flat on this field, which is slow. I mean, that means you're running, in, you're, you're probably running sub 4 4 I said, "Do you always run? Do you always run this time?" He goes, "Oh no, coach." I said, "Okay, what do you normally run?" He goes. I usually run much faster than that. And he goes, and it happens to me every time. Every time people ask me to run extra 40s because they look at me and they said, there's no way that, you know, that I could be doing this. You know, as you watch our receiver position, one of the things we always talk about is having guys that can stretch the field, straight line speed. Well, there's no one on this list, on this entire list, okay. That will stretch the field any better than him. Okay, uh, walking in the door. Now, fish, and please call him fish because he's such a pain in the butt if you don't call him fish. Anthony Smith said he goes to Katie. Please call me fish. Okay, I don't know why. You can ask him. I would like to know the answer. Okay, so one one of you will ask him, um, but when with the loss, you know. When we really got down and you know looked at our our safety position this year with Dexter leaving, you know we played most of the year with those three safeties, and with Dexter you know we had Tevin and Alex you know got some time, but mainly it was those three safeties, and when Dexter left and we knew we had Joe coming in, you know we had an opportunity really really late at midyear to get fish. You know He was already going somewhere, and then there was a, a relationship here, and you know, we made a couple phone calls. Then we watched the tape. So um, we thought about this, about this kid coming in here and being able to get into this rotation at safety right off the bat, which we thought there was no doubt that he could. So I actually, because I had told Joe Deneen we were only going to take one safety, we actually called Joe Deneen up and asked him, said, we have a guy that we think can help us, but I told you we were only going to bring one safety. Um, what do you think? And he said, Coach, if you can get somebody that can make us help us win, go get him. So kudos to Joe Danine for Fish being here because I'm a man of my word, and if I tell a player that we're only going to take one and we have one, then I'm not taking another one. So if Joe Danine would have said, well, Coach, you only said, you know, you were only taking one, I would not have taken him. So uh, give a little credit to this one. Uh, to Joe and signing off on it. Kent Taylor, I recruited when we were down in Florida. You know he had, he had all the big boys. You know he had, you know Penn State, Notre Dame, everybody. You know everyone wanted him. You know he was a little thin, but he's a dynamic pass catcher. You know uh, he, he you know he, he's not real he's not real thick. Not a great point of attack blocker. But all I know is we had this thing down there at Florida called Friday Night Lights. There was about 400 kids from all across the Southeast. And you know the kid who's starting at wide receiver for USC was the best player, and he was the next best player. And when I'm talking about 400 players, the guys that stood out that clearly the next best, he was clearly the next best. No one could cover him, runs good routes, has good hands. Um, we always talk about you know can we get who can we throw the ball to? You can throw it to him, and he 'll get open and he 'll catch it now he might not block anyone okay okay, but he can but he can run routes and he can catch it and when when he reads that he 'll know exactly why I said that uh, by the way that 's intended, so make sure you put that in there that he won 't block it okay uh, appa. You know, there's another local guy that, you know, we, he came in camp last summer, and I'm watching this guy. You know, the kid's 375 pounds. Now, you, for those of you who are heavy, like me, 370 could be 350 or 400. I'm not sure. Okay, but, you know, he was so he's 375, and I'm watching him, and he's moving really well, and he's looking really good in the drills. And I said, well, what what am I missing here? We had a local guy, okay, that's a that's a big, big man. Put it like this, he would dwarf Nalu. Dwarf him. Okay, when I say a big man, he's a big man. So I'm watching this guy and watching how athletic he was, and, you know, really, um, why do we have to wait on somebody else? We jumped on him. So uh, he jumped on to, on with us, and, you know, although a couple people tried to Steal him away there. He stayed true to form, and um, I'm really happy to have another local guy to, you know, that could help, you know, carry the torch for all our local players. Kyron Watson's another highly recruited guy out of East St. Louis. You know, had a lot of love all across, you know, a lot of different places trying to get a hold of Kyron You know, because he runs so well and he's a runner and hitter. He's a tailor made. He, he's made for the Big Twelve. That's what this kid is. He's made to play in the Big 12. You know, an athletic guy who runs and hits. I mean, that's what you're looking for, and that's what that's what he is. You know, he really could have gone to any conference he wanted to, but he wanted to go somewhere where he had a chance to run and hit, and and this was just a, just was just a place. You know, he's another guy who hopped on early, um, hopped on early, and a lot of people tried to get after him, but at the end of the day. You know, we had a very good relationship with the kid, and you know, you know, and I don't think I don't think he could have told Reggie no. I think Reggie might have, you know, disowned him, you know, if he did. So, at the end of the day, we're really happy to have him as well. Uh, D J Williams uh, is another interesting guy. You know, he was a top, uh, a front line defensive lineman out of Texas that. You know we were fighting a couple of the, you know a couple of the local schools here, you know, and you know it it's tough sledding sometimes, especially when uh one of the local schools has had done a really nice job with defensive linemen as of late you know to be able to get a guy like this to jump on board with us was was always it was always a good thing you know d j we worked really hard on him you know he has a nice family. A nice family. They've been through a little tragedy, you know, a couple, of, uh, a couple of deaths in a family that during this recruiting process, that the whole family had to endure. My heart goes out to them. But it, it, we're really happy that DJ's on board. DJ, by the way, is already a big man. He's not going to be a big man. He's already one. Okay. Um, I I don't know what they have listed. What's it? Six five two ninety. That's probably right. You know, he might be a little a little thinner than that because he plays basketball right now, but he he's a short three hundred pounder. You know, he's a he's a he's a big man. Speaking of big men, uh Devin Williams, you know, one of the things that we really were looking for is a physical a physical tackle. You know, we have the athletic type of tackles, but we're looking for a physical tackle, and you know when we were down, look at GMI. I mean, we're looking at this kid. You know, the a first team, first or second team junior college all American tackle, and they played him in other positions in addition to tackle. But we see him, you know, as being a road grader. You know, that the type of guy that we that element that we've been missing a little bit. You know, that those guys that just you can run behind him again and again and again and again. Uh, my only wish is that. We could have we could have him here at mid year, but he's got some work to do to finish up at, uh, at Georgia military, but you know, that's that's another couple of good gets for us at the offensive line at of that school. And you know, I have to give Keon a little help on this one right there because they had a reference that they could ask, you know, you know, Keon had gone to Georgia Military, so this was somebody that they could ask questions from questions from. So we're really happy to have uh, William's here. We just wish you were here now. Um, Daniel Wise, great family, you know, great family. Probably the funniest comment of the whole thing is his head coach played with Buddy Wyatt at TCU. Okay, so when I went into the school the day I was going to the home visit to go visit Daniel his head coach goes you know coach I'm okay with everything I just wish he had a better position coach than the, than the guy you have here you know so he was taking his shot at Buddy which Buddy had me I already had an answer ready for that one I was prepared for some kind of wisecrack coming from his head coach but Daniel Daniel is another guy who that 6'3", 240 probably doesn't do him justice for how big he's going to end up being you know, a wonderful family, good player, good motor, you know, on him early. You know, he was he was one of the guys we pegged early in the process. And it's always good when guys that you really identify early are some of the guys that end up being uh, on your commit list. Javon Wrench, you know, everyone knows probably argue, arguably the best player out of Kansas. You know, stud running back. You know, had a Gardner Minjaden, you know, rush for a million yards when he was in in college, but he was another guy who jumped on board early. You know, obviously had a lot of people pursuing him. You know, was a, you know, just a stud as a player. Loved his family, close. You know, I think that you look at the Deneens, and the APAs, and and you look at the Wrenches, and you look at these guys as guys that can try to encourage more and more of the local talent to come to Kansas. And I think that, ultimately, I think you want to have a lot of your core players, you know, being in very close proximity. I think that Wrench has a chance to be, you know, has a chance to be a star. And um, I I really like the kid. I've liked him for a long time. Um, And I like his family as well. Um, Last but not least, I'd be remiss if I didn't spend a few moments talking about Andre Maloney. Now, I don't want to bring it down or to a a very happy moment, you know, this recruiting class right here, but I promised Andre's mom when I was at the week, I promised Andre's mom that on signing day, I, I promised her that I'd be talking about Andre and showing a video of Andre just like everybody else. You know, a tragic moment. You know, anyone, you know, most of, a lot of you out there are parents or will eventually be parents. Uh, biggest nightmare is when you have to bury one of your kids. Um, I remember the whole thing. Thursday for Texas Tech. Uh, first of all, the summertime when he and his cousin, who she went she went to KU and was our big you know, our biggest help in recruiting. But when he jumped jumped on board because we thought he could be a top line corner. Really, that's not that relevant right now. But the Thursday before the Texas Tech game, he's on the horn talking with Grunard about how many t- he needed three tickets for the game, that he was raising some money for some cancer thing in schools and bake sale or something like that. They were playing on a Thursday night, and then I got the call that You know, he went down. I had no idea the severity, but I knew that he went down and they took him to the hospital. And then the next thing I knew, it was five o'clock on Friday morning, and somebody says, hey, you know, he, uh, the head coach is on his way to the hospital, they just called him. So we had a conversation on his way in, trying to give him some words of encouragement know hoping that things you know, would turn out differently than they did and it didn't turn out so well so uh my heart goes out to Andre's family to his mom to his immediate family to his community to his teammates to everyone else because in what was supposed to be a joyous day it, it really ends up being being a sad day have we showed that yet Okay, let's go ahead and show that, show that. So two things about old number 29. Um, um, one is uh, I originally assigned uh, Joe Denine. He wanted a teen number because he still thinks he's a quarterback. Um, so I originally assigned him number 17, but he asked me if he could wear a 29 because he wanted to wear a 29 in, in honor of Andre. Which I've gone ahead and moved them to. And in addition, what I mean, you always have to check with compliance and make sure you could do things right there. But what we have done is, you know, we, we took a jersey um, that Katie just brought up here. Katie, you can show them to him if you want. But um, um, we, we had a jersey made up for Andre, and we're gonna give it to his family to kind of, I know this is a sad day, this signing day. But we thought that it would be just a nice little memento from, from everyone in Kansas to, to let him know, let the family know that he's gone, but he's not forgotten. So we'll go ahead and uh, we'll get that over to his family. And we'll change the tone back to a more brighter note. But I thought that it would only be apropos if I ended my conversation with our signees and our commitments by talking, about, talking a bit about Andre. Thank you, Katie. Okay, on that note, uh, far away. It
1: would seem like on paper that the position you've improved the most um, might be wide receiver.
0: Yeah, I think that um, i got some special plans here for the wide receiver position. Um, I like the good young talent and depth that we have here um, I thought I thought seriously about um, using using that one spot left to bring in a Juco type wide receiver um, but I, I felt that unless there was a, a guy, a Nick Harwell type of guy that uh, I'd rather have these high school guys that we ended up bringing in here I'm really happy. They're different. All of them are different. They're not the same player. They bring different things to the uh, to the table. I would argue that you know equally. I think that our defensive line depth just took a, a huge turn for the in the positive direction. I mean, I couldn't take enough big guys. Originally, we went in to take four offensive linemen. We took five. You know, originally we went in. You know, we took over on defensive over on defensive linemen because we took you know we took an extra interior an extra defensive lineman we took an extra we took an extra buck I mean we you know we loaded up we loaded up at a couple of positions that you not every year do you have a chance to get in these guys you know so when you have a chance of getting them you take them but uh, offensively I think that the wide receiver position took a definitely a, a, a positive turn.
1: You only got have two high school offensive linemen that you recruited in this class. Is that lower than you'd like to go
0: at Well, to be to be honest with you, we were we were only going to take four total. We were only going to take four total, and we were going to take two high school and two JCs. That's that originally was the what the plan was. You know, we just ended up going, you know, ended up going one over because. We felt that we had an opportunity to get a good player going one over. It. That's that's you know that's the way, the way we ended up going.
1: Like you mentioned, you you hit Texas pretty hard this time around. Was that by design? Or?
0: I think that we've we've hit it hard last year, but remember last year we had a different mentality. Okay. You know, we were looking for guys that could play right now, walking in the door. <coughs> so, I think that any you know from i think that the corridor from from Chicago to Houston has to be your niche you know that that corridor now so obviously the closer you are the the easier it is to entice them but in the state of Texas one good thing you have going for you is that you're going to play several times in the state of Texas every year so if they come here they know they're still playing at home you know, so that you never have to, they never have to worry about, A, are they going to get seen on TV. They don't have to worry about that already. And, B, it, it makes it a little easier for the families to, to actually see them in person.
1: You have a guy as talented as um, Reggie Mitchell at recruiting. It looks like you don't limit him to an area. Is he sort of a closer almost or a-
0: I'd like to think I'm the closer, Tom. I would like to think that, <laughs> but um, I think with Reggie, Reggie and I have had a bunch of talks when we're on the road about where, you know, you can't be spread too thin, because I want to get them, I want to get them involved more locally too. Okay, so we've already gone over, kind of, where would be the best place to s- to settle down and because we're gonna. We're going to tweak some of these areas here in about a, in, a, in about a week. Uh, we've already talked about it. We already know where we're going to go with this. but when we're tweaking these areas, we're tweaking them based off of where which makes the most, which places make the most sense to invest our manpower in? You know where are we getting production from and where are we wasting wasting our time financially? As well as everything else, if you're going somewhere and you're not bringing any players in, then you're wasting time, effort, and money. You know, so that's a, a research project that we're actually starting here on Monday. But um, I think in Reggie's case, I think if we can keep him, you know, keep him between St. Louis and Chicago and here, and you know, you know and not have to be full time in Texas, you know. I mean, you only have one Reggie. I mean, he's a he's a he's a top flight, a top flight guy. I'm as on. The, I'm also on the bandwagon. By the way, you're not alone. I'm on that bandwagon too.
1: As the closer, what was your final sales pitch this year? Did it differ from year one and year two?
0: Well. Once again, you know, I try not to think of it like as a sales pitch, but, you know. But because the analogy is apropos, I think that when we we said to them this year, if we were a junior college kid, it was we're not taking twenty junior college kids. We want, but we want you. And the reason why we want you is because we think that you could fill a need, and come in and get into the mix right now. With the high school kids, which is where we want to go, we say, look at now we've got to this third recruiting class. This is the way, This is the way we want to do it around here. And I think that. In every one of their cases, they, they all want the opportunity to play. But I think that uh, when, when we get the kids on campus, and I feel this very, very strongly, you know, I think that, that, that Kansas is a wonderful school once we get them on campus. Because once we get them here and they see what we have to offer, I think about 75% of the time we end up getting I mean, the batting average is pretty high. You know, so I think with the high school kids is this is the way we want to do it, because everyone, all the high school kids want to know. Well, you know, you take all these JC guys, and it's a fair question, but that was a year ago when we had all these holes to fill. This is really the way you want to do it. With the JC guys, the, all they want to know is why do you want them? Because that's a totally different mentality between the two guys. The JC guys want to go play now. The high school guys want to know what the what the long range plan is. Because if you don't give them a long range plan, they're not interested in coming.
1: Was it any easier getting guys on campus this year, or has it been?
0: I think that I think that the staff showed much more patience this year. Remember last year we had that rush of all those JUCOs in December. You know, it seemed like Christmas. Every day you woke up and there was two more kids committed. Well, that's that wasn't the, that wasn't the way we were going, so I think that they showed more patience, and in the end, they ended up getting who they wanted, to, how, who we wanted to get. But you had to wait it out and make sure you just weren't going to take any commitment from anyone, and go offer guys that were lesser than the guys that you were on. I think that they showed very good perseverance, and, and I think that hard work sometimes in relationships ends up paying off, and I you know give the staff a lot of credit for that.
1: The patients have hurt you early. Uh, uh, thinking of one specific player who you didn't offer as quickly as an, another former rival school did. There's,
0: there's no one we don't offer. Uh, we don't put a timetable on offers when we offer them. It's because that, that's when we do, When we think that they are worthy of being offered. I mean, just because somebody else offers them doesn't mean that we're we're going to be reactionary. You know, we don't do it that way. I mean, we absolutely don't do it that way. We don't follow anyone else's plan. And we're not going to offer somebody because somebody else offered them. We're going to offer them when we've done our due diligence. You know, because we might watch three games on tape that somebody looks like garbage. So I'm supposed to offer them because somebody else likes them? You know, we just, I mean, they have to show there's reason to like them. You know, I mean, and we make plenty of mistakes now. Okay, but I believe that going by what you see, you know, usually usually is the best is the best approach.
1: Charlie you guys seemed to struggle last year when Pearson was out. Is some of these guys, Avery, Neil, Patrick, is that kind of trying to stock load that sort of
0: player? Yeah, they're gonna be standing in the line though because that depth chart depth chart looks totally different now. I mean there's a lot of things that look different now. I mean if you, you go look at our board now, if you really just take all the players on our team, okay, and you try to lay it out now, now all of a sudden you're going to see numbers like how's he going to, how's he even going to get on the field you know that's 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 what you're going to end up seeing, and you're going to see it at a lot of different positions you know there are very few positions where you're not going to see okay well let's say Avery and Tony are a lot alike, okay well, there's guys between. Tony and Avery now. I mean, he's going to have to – the first thing he's going to have to do is he's going to have to get by them before he gets to Tony. You know, then it's going to take some work.
1: Charles, speaking of numbers, uh, you mentioned DeAndre weren't going to take a a running back. You've got some veterans there. How do you you look at that position going forward with Taylor and Brandon, and how many would you play?
0: Well, I think that with Brandon being the only one that was healthy – and with Taylor, you know, basically going through a medical redshirt year. And, you know, Darian, you know, having his personal issues. I think when you line up in the spring, Brandon's first. You know, but, you know, now you're going to have plenty of time between Brandon, you know, Brandon and Taylor and Darian. You know, you'll have plenty of time for those guys to battle it out in the spring. And then the reinforcements arrive, and that's not even included if you put, put Tony in there or something. But, you know, I'm, Tony's going to start off the spring more as a wide receiver, and we'll work him in to run him back. Because right now we've got to fix this wide receiver position. That's what we have to do.
1: Charlie, you talked about Trayvon Wrench potentially being a star. What was your first memory? I mean, what, what's the first thing you remember? You said, boy, that guy's soft.
0: Watching the first tape I watched, he rushed for about 400 yards in a high school game. I mean, he touches the ball, goes for 20. Touches the ball, goes for 50. Touches the ball, goes for 70. Touches the ball, goes for nine. Nine's a bad run for him, you know. I mean, when you watch a game and a guy's rushing for three or 400 yards, how do you do that? I mean, I don't know how many touchdowns he scored, but it was a, it was a, it was a zillion. You know, he's, he's got big, big, you know, big, big numbers. And, you know, it's not like he's, the, the teams are playing are no good. I mean, when you watch him on tape, and then you see, you know, he's, like a little, he's still a young kid. I mean, at 190, he's, he'll, be, he'll be 210. This is not a guy who's going to be 190. This is a, this is a guy who's going to be 210. And that's usually, usually about the size of the guys that play on that, that next level. That's about usually how big most of those guys are.
1: Could you share with us who you think at this moment as the highest ceiling as a football player of all the guys
0: you recruited. Oh, that's not really fair, you know. That's not really fair because then I'd be slighting somebody else there. I mean, Trevon Runch could be, you know, could be a star. He really could be. He could be a star, but there's a bunch of other guys. You know, I kind of like some of these, these guys that play down and dirty, you know. You know, some of these offensive linemen and these defensive linemen, you know. I mean... It would be nice to have a pass rusher that finishes the year with 15, 20 sacks. Uh, it would be nice, that would be nice. It would be nice to have, you know, another offensive lineman that just, just was one of those road grinders who just – you just hand a bull off and say run behind him. You know what I mean? So I don't just look at the skill guys, you know, because, I mean, if you looked at all of them, Wrench would be the guy that was rated the highest. So, you know, that would be a good pl- good place to start.
1: What are the rules out now? Those graduating players, uh, do they have to make that change? They, didn't,
0: they didn't change it yet. I think eventually yeah, it might even get wiped out, to be honest with you. You might not be able to do it eventually, but it's still a go. You know, So somebody graduates and you know, if there's a program at some other school that your school doesn't have, God bless you. Um, if there's a program at your, at your school, the other schools don't have, you can go ahead and go. But do they have
1: to contact you first or can you...
0: Yeah, you you still have to go through the uh, the protocol. You still have to go through the protocol. They still have to be released, and, and things and things like that. Because technically, you know, those other schools that you still have a year of eligibility at those other schools. You know, so those schools would still have to still have to go ahead and release you. If if someone should fall
1: out of this guy or graduate guy, right. would you hope it would be a? If you had your druthers,
0: would you hope it to be a left tackle? I would lo- I would hope he'd be a starter. At any position. Because if somebody came and was better than what you have. Then I want him. You know, would it, would it be nice if it were a tackle? Sure. You know, if you tell me Jerry Rice is coming, I'll take him too. You know, you know, I'll, I'll take him. Ray Lewis coming out of retirement, I'd take him too. You know, so, I mean, there's a lot. There's. I don't think there's any front line player that was. You know, better than anything you have. I think I think you'd consider it in, in any position. Obviously, the two positions that I think that you know, if you'd like for it to happen, would be a, if it were a front line player, because of because of depth, would be tackle or or wide receiver. But I mean, I got plenty of wide receivers. I got plenty of linemen. But I mean, if you're telling me I had a front line guy that could come in, and contend to play, I I be pretty happy with that
1: what, what kind of impact did all these new rules have on this class and
0: what you guys were able to do dead periods and all that stuff your class actually obviously took shape a lot later yeah that was why you know and that was why it was miserable yeah you want to talk about miserable to go from december 16th to january 16th right. it was absolutely miserable couldn't have any visits. I mean, here we're playing Kansas State in basketball on January 11th, Saturday. Nice crowd. You know your state rival can't bring anyone in. Now you could say, well, school's not in place, okay? Which is, I mean, which is true. But I mean, you could bring in ten guys on on, on that weekend. Uh, that you'd have a legitimate chance of spending a lot of TLC because school's not in place. We have enough local guys who live local. That could play, be a host. That it would be a benefit, and I think my wife wanted to divorce me. A month at home, she, are you kidding me? She was counting down the days. Now, I couldn't fly out of town fast enough. I mean, when I when it was time to go back out <clears throat> recruiting, she almost. I think she went to church and thanked God.
1: The student hosts play a big role in recruiting. <clears throat>
0: Don't they? they? And, and they
1: how do. did your guys do and if you feel like singling guys out?
0: I think that we spent a lot of time trying to match personalities. I mean, for example, there's some guys that when they come in here, they want to go to Mass Street. Other guys want to go to the dorm and play video games. So you need to know You need to that know, you know, the, the, your recruit, and then you need to know your own player. You know, who's going to, you know, if, if they want to go play video games, you don't want somebody that's going to take them to Mass Street. You know, it's, you, those – I think you have to spend a lot of time to make sure that you have the right combinations because, you know, you can lose a kid very easily by matching them with the wrong host. Very easily, you know, that you because if they don't see eye to eye, there's a good chance that kid won't end up coming.
1: So does the lead recruiter for a guy you're bringing in suggest maybe –
0: well we, t- we they they bring up people and then we, we actually spend a lot of time talking about you know who would who would fit best with people and some guys there's some guys that do a great job in recruiting that you'd never even imagine some guys who'd say that guy's a good recruiter and those other guys who say god he's probably a great recruiter they're just terrible you know so I mean there are guys that are I'll give you an example of somebody who's a very uh, somebody very good I'll just use one Victor Simmons. Victor Simmons is a very good host. You know they like him. Okay, he's local, he'll do it anytime we ask him. Okay, and every time he's with with people, you know there's a good chance that that guy's going to end up coming. I mean, now I'm just giving you one name out of just picking one name out of the hat, but there's one he's a very good host. He's done a very just nice job hosting.
1: What kind of role did Coach
0: Reagan play, and was he able to be a factor in the It was a scramble. Yeah. You know, it was a scramble because I had a schedule set up for him from the day we hired him. It was from nagadocious to the entire country, and it was, not, it was not a lot of fun. That first week was a week from hell for him. But, you know, first things first, he had to see all these linemen, and he did. You know, and that was not easy because, you know, he had, he went from, he went from Texas to here to California to Florida, to Baltimore, back to here again, and that was all in a in a few days, you know. So I mean, it was it was hectic, it was it was a scramble. But what happens is, you know, these linemen have a good relationship with Tim, so now as soon as Tim leaves, you know. Then all the other schools are saying, well, God, they, you know, their offensive line coach just left. So they go, in, they go in after you at that time. So it's really important that you know John gets in with those guys first. Now, John also got to see every offensive player we recruited. So we had time, you know, later on. Uh, he got to see all the receivers and the running backs and everyone else. He got to do all that, too. You know, he's the offensive coordinator, too. But the first things first was – Full speed ahead to make sure we got this offensive line, this sign offensive line group in place.
1: Your your program and what you do here is obviously different than anything he was a part of. But was it an advantage that he had been here before? I mean, he at least knows the lay of the land. And-
0: yeah, I don't think uh, he. You know, he might. He knows more people in town than I do. Yeah. You know, I know no one. You know, it's probably better that way. <laughs> you know. You know, he knows, all, he knows all the boys who play cards on Wednesday night at the country club, yeah, if, if you know what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> Stop by. i
0: going to take a little shot there, Tom. What else?
1: It looks like uh, faster is better than bigger at most positions. Pardon me? It, it looks like in defense – at least, not in the secondary. But faster is better
0: than bigger in your philosophy. I think that size is important, but speed is speed and athleticism are definitely more important in this league, especially. You know, I think that you can't have enough athletic guys. You can't have enough of them. And we just got, look at every coach in America in the last two days is telling you how much they love their class. You know, that's just what coaches do. We needed this class. Regardless of whether I love it or not, it's not even the point. This is what we needed. Okay, this filled so many needs. If you look down here, well, they needed this, Well, they got that. Well, well, they got that. Oh, they got well, They got that. I mean, it. this felt so, you know, this is like going finishing the draft and at the end of the draft saying, God, I'm really happy with the draft because you go in with all these needs. Now, you never come out of a draft – fill in every need. It just didn't work that way. Okay, but we felt we felt most of them were pretty happy about it.
1: You know, on the one hand with the uh, Corey Avery, you see the other hats on the table, and that's incredibly exciting that he would pick Kansas over those two other hats. Or on the other hand, that sometimes when you see guys who are labeled athlete, it can go one of two ways. It means they can play a lot of positions or Maybe they're just great at everything in high school, but there's no one college position they fit.
0: No, I think that he's just the opposite. You could pick any one of them, and he could be good at any of them. I mean, we could bring him in here and say, You're a running back, and he'd be a damn good one. And we could say, You're a slot receiver, he'd be good at that, too. And we could move him over to defense, he'd be good at that, too. You know, I think that, you know, it's different when you're a really, really good athlete, okay? You could you could get stereotyped like that, but this kid's a good football player. I mean, yeah, you know, that's the other part of it. Now he's not just an athlete; he's a good football player. I'm a big fan.
1: Charlie, did you fill as many needs this year as you did last year? Last year, going with those Jupiter guys.
0: That's a very that's a good question. Last year we had holes. This year we had needs. We had so many holes. I mean, there are holes all over the place. We didn't even have the first guy, you know? So I think that when you go in now, there's some guys in here that will end up playing significant time walking in the door, okay? But there's more guys on here, okay, that'll set up the success in the future of the program. Remember, there's a program now recently hasn't had success. So, I mean, what we have to do is we have to set the program up for success. And I, that's what I believe this class was doing. I think last year's class was filling holes. You know, not filling, filling holes. Every Everywhere you turn around, well, they need this, they have this. We didn't just need it. We had nobody. It's a hole. It's empty. So you had to get guys in there to go ahead and do it. But uh, I would imagine, Kevin, going forward, this is more what we want to be doing right here. Get a handful of Ju- JUCOs that can come in and help you right away, and then bring in a bunch of high school kids, and whenever they're ready to play, play them. If they're ready to play as freshmen, you play them. If not, you go ahead and develop them and get get them ready for the future. Anybody else? Back there, we all good? All right. Well, you said the only downer in this, uh, in this one, you know, was talking about Andre. But I really, you know, I just think that it's really important that when you have something like a tragedy like that happen, and you know, who knows what would have happened? The sky would be the limit for this kid. But on this special day, which it was yesterday, I just want Andre's family to know that everyone in the KU family have have them and him in our thoughts and in our prayers. All righty?